All right, guys. So um, I think just a quick disclaimer. Um, please keep your attention up here. I am not going to be long today. There will be ample time to fellowship. I'm not, I'm not going to plan on, on being here 30 minutes or, or anything like that. But I do want to share a quick thought or a couple of thoughts with you um, about the, the topic of contentment um, and, and just share a little bit of thought surrounding that. So I'm going to start off and just read a couple of quotes here. Um, not necessarily spiritual people. Some of them were. Um, some of them actually were saved. But, but nonetheless, just from a secular world and a, and a, and a, and a spiritual world, what, what does people have to say about contentment and kind of where the, that, that idea kind of comes from and, and, and what's the, uh, the, the, the context around that? So Socrates said, he who is not content with what he has would not be content with what he would like to have. And I think the longer you dwell on that, the longer you realize, you know, that is true. I mean, if, if, if I'm not happy with what I have now, if you give me everything I want, I'll still find fault with it and I'll still, I would still want more. Um, and I think this is specifically referring to, to, uh, to worldly goods in, in, in terms of that. And you know what, the more I think about it, I think it can probably relate to, to, to anything, emotional, uh, spiritual, mental. I mean, if you're not happy with, 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 with what you have, uh, I mean, of course, that, 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 that'll not be good. And I think it's, easy, uh, it's, it's, it's very important here to distinguish between complacency and contentment. Um, complacency in that sense is, is you're just... You're, you're just happy where you are and you don't want to grow. Um, and, and contentment is you're happy where you are, but you still want to grow. I think making that a very, very simple distinction in, in those two. And, and looking at this, I'm not saying that you should not, well, be happy with where you are and you don't want to grow, but, but, but you still need to have that drive within you. Um, a, a, uh, um, a philosopher called Epictetus said, Wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. And again, I think in terms of, of what we know and, and possessions and what we can tangibly have is again focusing on what we already have and, and, and not on what we always want. Oscar Wilde said, True contentment is not having everything, but uh, in being satisfied with everything you have. Uh, Epicurus said, do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. And I think that, that points a little bit to that dangling carrot in front of the horse where you will always want more and even though you, you get that carrot, there's something behind that that you're always pushing through. And again, I don't think there's something wrong with having drive in you, but sometimes you have to stop and say, you know what, I'm happy where I am. Of, of course, I would like more. Of course, I would, I would like to be better, but, but I'm fine with where I'm at now. If, if this is where God keeps me for the next 30 years, I'm okay with that. And, and really finding peace and contentment in, in that. And the last one I want to read here this morning, uh, maybe two more, sorry. So Benjamin Franklin said, content makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. And again, referring to the fact that, guys, we all know this, but do we really know it, that money will not satisfy all your needs. You're not able to, to buy contentment. You're not able to buy happiness. Well, sustainable happiness. Um, and the last one here I want to read. Um, this guy said, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. 
That's actually Luke that said that. I changed it a little bit because I think if I read that in the King James, everybody would know where that came from. But this is actually Luke that said that. And, and it sounds a lot like, like the, 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 the philosophers kind of above him that said that, and the people that might not be spiritual about this, but still, take care. He said, take care and be on your guard against all covetous, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Are you defined by the things that you have? Are you defined by the clothes that you wear? Are you defined by the type of car you drive or the type of work you have or uh, where you go on vacation to? And I think that's very, that's very shallow, and, and I don't think people in this room here today are necessarily defined by that, but I think we need to guard, be, uh, guard against that because of the life that we're into. The, the life that, 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 that we live in constantly want to define us by those things. There's constant pressure in you have to be bigger and it needs to be better and it needs to be brighter. And, and I think we live in a, well, I, we live in a, a world full of crazy people. I want to say we live in a crazy world, but we live in a world... <laughs> but we live in a world full of crazy... That was a good point. We live, in a <laughs> we live in a world full of crazy people. And, and I want to explain to you guys a little bit about these crazy people that, 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 that we live around. Um, crazy people, they take their car to a, a dealership. And then they give the person the car. And they say, well, give me another car. And, and I want to pay more for it. But the car that I'm paying for does the exact same thing that the car I gave in does. Does that sound familiar to a lot of you? Maybe I want to trade it in for the, for the newer car. I, I heard about a bunch of stories always of, of crazy, just crazy people that, that takes their phone, a well-worked phone, and then they go and upgrade to a phone that basically does the exact same thing that your old phone does. But we want more, and we want bigger, and we want brighter, and we're willing to spend, spend money on that. We live in a world where, where crazy people, I mean, it's, it's no, nobody in here, but just crazy people wake up on a day and they open up their closet and they just say, you know what, I have nothing to wear. Like, just nothing. I've, I just, I don't have a shirt. I just have nothing. And they go to the mall and they say, you know what, I need this. You know, this, this I need another one of these. I mean, it, it, it fits nicely. I just, I just need another one. I mean, just crazy people. And again, n nobody in this room here this morning, but just absolutely crazy, crazy people. And I think it's good to stop and, and maybe turn around and, and do some introspection this morning to say, where are we in the, in the spectrum of contentment? Uh, again, the world has shifted the, 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 the scale of contentment to say you are content if you have all of this, or you should be content if you own this or have this next to your name. What does the Bible say about contentment? How do we get it? And, and kind of how do we maintain it? So take your Bibles and open to the book of Philippians 4. We're going to read a little bit here about what Paul did. And it's one verse. And again, it's three pretty quick and easy and simple points. We're we going to run through here. Philippians 4. We're going to read there in verse 11 what Paul said here. Now, I think, again, sorry, just before we read here, um, everybody is aware that the, that the underlying theme of Philippians is joy and, and rejoicing. And I think if we read what we're going to read now with that undertone, again, we see why Paul said this. If you want to have sustainable joy, practice this. Try this. Actually, make this a part of your life. And Paul said here in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. 
I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And if we look back at verse 11, Paul said there the first thing that I think, the first point I want to make here this morning um, is we have to learn a bunch of things. Very few things in the Christian life just comes naturally. We are not naturally wired to do good. We are not naturally wired to just take the Bible and just apply it. Because of the pressures around us, it's just easier to fall into the rut that society has given us and to say, just do what they do. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. And again, it gets down to the perspective. If you step into the Christian world, say, you know what, this is going to be easy, then usually those are the people that just fall by the wayside. Because the moment the hard times uh, strike them, they, they kind of say, you know what, I, I just can't do this, and they go on. But the moment, and I've tried this in witnessing, to, to speak people out of salvation. Of course, share the gospel with them, but at the end say, you know what, maybe just think about this. M may maybe next week we can chat about this again. But, but they need to be upfront and honest. I mean, uh, doesn't the Bible tell us to count the cost? You need to know what you sign up for. Because uh, to be quite honest with you, this year would be 10 years that, I've been, that I'm saved. And, 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 and it has been, there's been tough times. I mean, I, I think nobody, will, nobody will, will stand shy of saying, you know what, salvation or, or being a Christian, it's not always easy. And if it is, you're not doing it right. <laughs> so, so, so seriously, if you've been saved for a year or three and, and you see it's been a breeze, man. I, you know what, we need to chat because either I, I, I'm doing it wrong or, or you're not following the Bible. But, but, but somewhere we need, to, we need to align. But Paul said here, I have learned. You know what that tells me? You can teach an old dog new tricks. Paul wasn't young when he wrote this. He was, I mean, many of you would know he was an insurgent. He killed he ran into churches and killed people. And we look at, he said, I have learned. You know what learning entails? Discipline and humility. You know what a lot of us in this life, in this time now, struggle with? Pride. You know what that stops us from? Being humble and learning. Saying, you know what, I don't have this figured out. I, I, I need to spend some, a little bit more time in, in seeing wh what, what did Paul say when he said, I have learned. I have learned. You know what, what the, the, the flow of these three verses really points out something that I think can be a, a life process for so many of us. You see there in verse 11, he said, I have learned. You know, if you can stand up and you say, you know what, from this experience that I've gained, easy or difficult, I have learned. You know what you get out of that saying? Verse 12, because I've learned, I know. You know what follows that? After I know, in the middle of verse 12, I am instructed. Because I know, the instruction follows. Because I know what the Bible said and I've learned it, now I can be instructed by it. And because I actually apply this and believe this, verse 13 steps into play. Well, now I can. With the freedom that I have within Christ. And if we take that and you say, well, Paul... Many, and, and guys, we're going to be in different phases of this. There's going to be people in here, and I don't want to shy away from that. You're going through difficult times, seriously. There, there's some stuff that, that's just going on in your life, and that's okay. And I hope you come here this morning, um, and I hope you take out of this not a rebuke, but, but something to find comfort in. Something to say, you know what, I, 
I can actually do that. I can get to a point in my life where, where I can sit with, with God and say, Lord, you've instructed me, but this is tough. Lord, I, I, I know you said this, but God, I'm struggling. And, 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 and that's okay. It, it, is, it is really okay. Can I say that? It's, it's really all right to struggle. It's really all right if you're a man, if you're a woman. It's okay. You can raise your hand and you say, I'm going through a tough time. And that's why we're here. To take this and to say, you know, what does the Bible say? What do I need to do about this? But Paul said, here I've learned. Therefore I know. Because I'm instructed, Lord, you give me the power and the liberty. I can do this. The first point I want to make here this morning is you have to learn to sometimes accept your situation. There's going to come times in life and, and, and the seas will be rough and the winds will blow and you're going to find yourself in a place where you say, Lord, I cannot get up. Lord, this is, this is just, it's just one thing after another after another and it's family issues and it's death and it's work and it's finances and it's everything, health and everything just, just, just comes and tumbles down. And you're just going to say, Lord, that's okay. What can you do about it? I heard, uh, I'm going to try and paraphrase this, but I heard another quote of a guy said, the best thing you can do when it rains is just let it rain. You can do nothing to stop the rain. Nothing. So if you dance around and you yell and you scream and you get angry, the rain's not going to stop. So you might as well just sit down and say, you know what, this is not perfect. This is not where I necessarily want to be. But just let it rain. The sun will shine again. The first thing we have to look at here this morning is we have to learn to accept our situation. Take your Bibles and keep the, your place in Philippians and take your Bibles and go to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. We're going to look at here what Timothy said about contentment. You have to learn to accept your situation. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. Let's read verse 5 with it. He says, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Gain, financial, all the things I just read now. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Guys, he's writing this to, to saved people. So these people have a form, oh, well, I said, let me say a form of godliness, but they, they, ha- they have righteousness. They, they, they're saved. And he's saying there, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Sheesh, all right, great. Uh, Timothy, Paul, what more can I have than Jesus? Is that not the ultimate gain? And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. But godliness with contentment, you can have more than that. You cannot just have Christ, but you can have a walk with Christ. You can have peace with Christ. You can have joy in this walk with Him if you're content with what He's given you. If you look at that and you say, you know what, Lord, I have to change. All right, Lord, I'm fine with change. Lord, it's not going to be easy but I'm okay with it. Now God can work with that. And he can say, you know what? Look at that verse. I kind of want you just to tweak that a little bit. And he knows what you're going to say. Lord, this is tough. God, I, I've done this for five or 10 or 20 years. 
As he, and he's going to say, that's okay, just be content where you are. If you look at that and say, Lord, I am willing, I am content, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with what you give me, that is great gain. Because God can walk with you and talk with you and use you in that situation. Godliness on its own, it's great. But if you just have godliness, and, and we've looked at that a couple of weeks ago, and I think Pastor Mike preached on it last Sunday as well, that four categories, where are you in two and three if you just have godliness? Where, where are you in that? But godliness with contentment, we know you're in group two. We know you're there. And, and of course, that'll then lead to, 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 to the first group there. But we sometimes have to accept our situation. God, godliness with contentment is great gain. That is true whether you're in the mountaintop or in the valley low. If you're content by saying, Lord, great, you have blessed me and you have given me so much to be thankful for, Lord, and there's really not going much wrong in my life at this stage, Lord, I'm happy. Thank you. And generally, that's, that's more of the easier times to be content when there's nothing going wrong, but especially when you're in the valley and everything's tumbling down and it's, it's year end and I don't know, the business are not going good and, 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 and the kids are just rampant and there's family issues, whatever it might be. <sighs> just let it rain. Just let it rain. We will reset. We'll get to a point where God said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to use this. You know, they're back in Romans. We read about uh, um, uh, tribulations, work experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. You know, if you believe that, that makes a difference in your life. You know why? Because if you go through tribulation, you know that this is not just because. This is not just the cards that I've been dealt. This is actually God that wants to use this. And you know, one thing that has bothered me for so long is if I look at that and I say, God, that's great, and, and, I, and I agree with you, but Lord, what if I have given myself that tribulation? What if I put myself in that? Lord, is that still for your good? Because I can't believe that. Lord, I, 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 I cannot, I cannot believe that if I look at somebody and they constantly run into the river and they know they can't swim, why should I keep on rescuing them? And I got to the point of saying, but I'm not God. And he doesn't think the way I do. And yes, if you're here this morning and you put yourself in a very tough spot, that verse is still for you. And God still look at you and he say, tribulation works experience. If you, if you put yourself in that situation, and God wants to use that, but you have to accept your situation. You have to look at that and say, you know what? Yes, Lord, I've put myself in this situation and I need your help. Or Lord, I haven't put myself in this situation, but Lord, I need your help. And once you get out of that, and the next time you step into something as difficult as that is, you can look back and you can say, but God helped me the previous time, and, and the previous time, and it differed. I mean, I looked at a lot of those, and I said, Lord, where, where are you? But stepping out of this, I look back, and, and the Lord was there, and I, 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 uh, I've, I've learned something out of that. Please don't waste your sorrows. Please don't go through something and just gripe and moan and complain, and afterwards just keep on complaining. You know, you're never going to learn to deal with that. Life is full of trouble. Life is full of heartache, and it gets worse if you're a Christian because we are commanded not to have a hard heart, and those things affect you, and those things make you sad and frustrate you and anger you, 
But we have to learn to accept our situation and be content. Can I ask you, what have you learned this week, if anything? Have you learned something this week? And that's, and that's one thing. Have you applied that lesson? Because the Bible, there are so many things. We have to apply our faith. And we're going to look at that in the last point here in the book of John. But we have to do something with what we have learned. We cannot just sit dormant with that information and say, great. Because again, then we just sit with all of that info. And when hard times come, you say, you know what? I know what the Bible says, but what about it? I don't have any practical experience. Learn to accept your situation. Learn to accept it. You know, there's an illustration, and I think many of you would have seen that. Um, it's a video, that, and it's somebody that walks, and then there pops up a bubble uh, with somebody driving past the, with, a, with, a, with a bike, a, a trapfeet. And the person that's walking says, you know what, I just wish I had a bike. And the person in the bike drives, and there comes a car past. And the person with a bike just says, you know what, I just wish I had a car. And the car passed, and there's somebody with, a, I don't know, a truck coming by, and you know what, I just wish I had a truck. And each, when you look up, yes, you want. But if you look down, you say, wow, look where I am. Guys, look around you. You have houses. You have food. You have cars. You have health. You have family. You have a church. You have a Bible. You have people around you that really love you. You, you come to a place, you can come to a place. The opportunity is there for you to step into a room every Sunday and sit around with people that care about the same things that I hope you care for. And that want to take these things to the next level. And then want to act on this and say, you know what, I, I am not content, but I want to be. How do I get there? I need to learn. How do I learn every time the doors are open? Because, guys, you can follow me. I'm going to make mistakes. But if you're here every time the doors are open and the Bible is being preached, you'll learn something. You'll learn something. And if you take that outside, you see there's action on both sides. You have to come in and sit down and listen. But then you have to go out and apply it for it to really stick. I mean, there's, there's, there's a responsibility on both ends for the people in here and for the people out there. You, you have to do a lot. And then I think in this day and age we live in, we get to a point to say that the society says, you are responsible for my happiness. And I mean, is, is that really right? I mean, if, if, and, and then also, you are also the cause for my frustration. <laughs> so, so in effect, I'm just the victim in both sides. And I thought about the logic on that yesterday. You know, if you say that, even if, even if I say you are the resp responsible for my happiness, but now I'm responsible for somebody else's happiness. You get that? And, and if, you're if you are the cause for my frustration, I'm the cause for somebody else's frustration. So, I mean, if you look at that and you say, you know what, I have to take ownership of this. I am the, I'm responsible for my own contentment. God cannot make you content. You cannot buy contentment. You cannot inherit contentment. Contentment comes through experience. You'll have to go through these things, raise your hand and say, you know what, I don't have this figured out. But God knows someday I'll try and someday I'll get better at this. Just stay humble and stay willing to learn. 
And that, that illustration I just, I, just, I just spoke about, sometimes when you walk in and you see a, a bike coming past, past you, you just have to say, you know what, God, if you permit, someday I'll, I'll have a bike. But Lord, for now, please use my situation. Because when you walk, you might get in touch with people that that person never gets in touch with. And when you drive, you riding a bike might get in touch with people that these two people never get a hold of. At some point, you just have to say, Lord, this is for your good. And I'm where you want me to be. Stop kicking against the pricks and just say, Lord, use this situation. It's, Lord, it's not perfect, but that is what I have. The second point that I want to quickly point uh, out this morning is, first of all, we have to learn to accept our situation. And secondly, we have to learn to adjust our attitude. Because God knows we step and we gripe and we moan and we complain about everything there is to complain about. Yes, we know ESCOM sucks. <laughs> it's not cool. But just let it rain. What are you going to do about it? You know what? It's great. You know, it, the, the, the unemployment is just crazy. What are we going to do about it? Let's do what we can within our circles. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew. Sorry, I told you you can keep the book of Philippians. You can close that. Matthew. <coughs> Matthew chapter 5. Sorry, I didn't think I said that. You have to learn to adjust your attitude. Matthew 5, and I'm not going to read you anything that you don't know this morning, but Matthew 5, and we're going to read there in verse 11 and 12. And the Bible says here, Blessed are ye, happy are ye, content are ye, when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my name's sake. All right, great, I'm happy. Now the action part comes in 12. Rejoice! And be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which, which were before you. I'm going back to the pre point where I said earlier, when you have to count the cost when you step into Christianity. Because if you look at this and you say, I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm also going to be a part of the wor world. Then you will not be able to actually do verse 12 and rejoice and be exceeding glad. And we find so many Christians that, that I'm happy are you when you're persecuted. Yeah, praise God. Lord, I'm persecuted. Yeehaw, let's go. But they're not rejoicing in that. And they're not exceeding glad for that. Because their perspective is not right. And you have to learn to adjust your attitude. And look at this through different lenses. And say, Lord, you want me to rejoice. You want me to be exceeding glad. God, that's difficult. It doesn't come naturally. I want to sit and cry and complain and just moan about it for the next three weeks. But that's not what you want. And I have to learn to do that. I have to actually, how do you learn? Through experience. So you, have to have, you actually have to go through tough times to learn how to do it. And the Bible says here, rejoice and be exceeding glad. You know, I can do maybe one of them. I can maybe rejoice and I can say, all right, Lord, this is for you. But be exceeding, like above and beyond, like top tier, like, like, like their gladness. Like, yahoo, let's go. And then you use that for wherever you go. And you say, you know what, I'm going through a terrible time. Praise the Lord. That's not nice. That's not natural. I mean, I, and I, you look at people and you say, but you're being fake. I'm just trying to apply the Bible. <laughs> I'm really just trying to do what the Bible says here. And I think when people see that, 
they're going to say, you know what, that's, 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 that's a really good testimony of somebody. And, and the Lord can, again, the Lord can use that. Valuable life lessons very rarely come with a cheap price tag. We, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm the, anyone, uh, the only one in the room, but I love a good bargain. I absolutely love a sale, but it needs to be a sale. Don't tell me it's a sale, and then you give me like 5% off. Keep it. <laughs> I don't want it. But, but, but if you tell me like there's, there's 50% off, and then I go and there's like really 50% off, you got my attention. And, and kind of in Christianity, there is no life lessons that's on sale. Unfortunately, there's no Black Friday, especially what God wants to teach you. Because the value needs to be there. Guys, if you pay tens of thousands of, I don't know, thousands of rands for whatever, something valuable, you're going to look after that. Well, I hope you do. I hope you do. That every time you either wear that or you get into that or you climb on it, that you look at that, I have to take care of this thing because I paid with it with my money that I worked months for and I saved up and I gave up a bunch of things. But you're going to take care of that. And if the life lessons that you learn in Christianity doesn't cost you anything, you're not going to cling on to that. So please take note of this, that if you adjust your attitude in these hard times, it can be of much value to you. I'm going to read you just the, uh, I'm not sure what you call this, but just the parallel passage to this in, uh, in, in Luke. You don't have to turn there, but Luke said in this, and he just phrases it a little bit different, Luke 6 and 22 and 23, and he said, Blessed are ye, again, happy, content are ye, when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast uh, out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And then he said in verse 23, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner that their fathers unto the prophets. Again, adjust your attitude. If I look at that and I say, in the here and the now, that is not nice. I say, I agree. But if I look at that and somebody told me, you know what, Armand, if you go out of here and you drive right, you're going to get a flat wheel. And I go and I get a flat wheel and I say, oh my goodness, this is, this is the worst. You knew that. You, you knew what you signed up for. So prepare for it. I'm going to get a flat wheel, so you might as well just say, you know what, I'm going to change that tire with the best attitude I can because I knew what was going to happen. If we approach Christianity to that, if you approach Christianity for the next three days in that way, it is going to be difficult. You will have to fight your flesh. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you don't want to read the Bible. I can promise you that. Your flesh is going to say, can we just not stay in bed? Can we just, maybe just like 15 minutes more, and then we can like get, go to work? Like something, some, can we maybe like negotiate? Maybe. It is going to be hard. It is. It is going to be hard. When you tell your flesh, we're going to pray, it is going to be hard. I mean, I'm not sure how more plain I can say that. You, you, you will not want to do it, but we'll have to. We have to. We have to learn to adjust our attitude. And if you keep on saying no to your flesh, guess what? Guess what? It doesn't get easier. We'll have to learn and adapt and change our attitude to say for the time being that we are on earth, we are going to be in this battle with the flesh. Day in and day out. 
and Sunday in and Sunday out and opportunity in and opportunity out, there is always going to be a battle. And I'll have to look at that and say, I want to do the right thing because the right thing will not just naturally happen. I want to do the right thing. Um, one thing that you can do to, to adjust your attitude, and, and I read up a little bit about this, but they call it mental subtraction. So if you look at this in the secular world, if you want to gain the value of something, in your head, take it out of your life and see how you react. Take your wife out of the equation. Are you sad? If you're not, then we have to speak. We have to talk. We have to get to a point where I know a, I know a guy that does some good counseling. <laughs> but, 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 but extract or subtract those things out of your life, and, and that'll show you the value of it. And that's one thing you can adjust your attitude to say, you know what? I'm, I'm really actually kind of very interested about that thing, but when I take it out of my life, not a lot change. So, I mean, maybe I should shift my focus, or maybe I should change my attitude to say, that is not that important. Let's put things, uh, uh, the, the focus on things that are important. Hebrews chapter 13, and then we're moving over to the, to the final, uh, wow, I said I'm going to be quick and it's already 10 past. My goodness. Yes, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Hebrews 13, guys, let's quickly run through this. Her Hebrews 13, and again, it's not, it's, it's not something that we, we don't know, but, but um, the writer here, the author of Hebrews, said in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Can I just stop there for a moment? Can you just stop here and be present, be in the room, be right here this morning, and just be thankful for what you have now, just right now, just around you, at least that. Can, can you just be thankful for that? Lord, thank you for what I have on me, what I have around me, just in this minute. He says, as such things as you have, not what you want, not what you had, but what you have. He is present. He is here. The Lord said, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm not going to go into that rabbit hole because I think we can stay there for quite some time. And verse 6 says there, so that you, if you have that verse and you can apply that verse, that'll change a lot in your life. If you can say that, uh, I, if you can boldly say that the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me, Guys, I think that'll just trickle up to you being content and, and you being humble and you being disciplined and you, you fighting the good fight. And that's where we want everybody to be. But we're not all there. And we have to learn. We have to learn. Covetousness is the vice of old age. Because you're rushing to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, it physically tires you out. There is actually medical proof that gratitude leads to longer health. Like actually the American Association of Psychology or something did it. Gratitude actually leads to longer health. Wow. Now there might be people here that say, I just want to die. All right, then maybe be covetous and, and not do it. That's okay. But I mean, if you still want to be a part of the kingdom of uh, a part of, of, of God's ministry here on earth, be content. Just 
Just thank God for what he has. And the last thing I want to, I uh, 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 the last point I want to make here is learn to apply the knowledge that you have. Learn to apply it. And John 13, and I quickly alluded to this earlier, we're going to finish up here. John 13, and we're going to read in verse 17. John 13 and verse 17. And we've looked at, you have to learn to accept your situation. We have to learn to accept that. We have to learn to adjust our attitude. And lastly, we have to learn to apply the knowledge. And uh, John 13 and 17 says, if ye know these things, can, can I just apply to what we've read now? If you know these things, if you know that you have to change and you know it's going to be tough and um, you know that you, you have to accept certain things and, and, and you have to change and you have to be humble. If, if we know these things, he says, happy are ye, content, blessed are ye if ye do them. These things always go together. Know and do, know and do. One of them cannot go without the other. You cannot just do because what are you going to do if you don't know what you're doing? And if you just know, well, great. What is that to help to anybody if you don't actually do it, especially to yourself? So we have to know and we have to do. And I think I, I really don't want don't to clutter this with, with anything else, kind of, with, with what i already given you. But I'm going to read you one verse, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to be out of here. But uh, James 4 and verse 17 says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It is an omission to know what you need to do, and not to do it. You have to learn to adjust your attitude. You have to learn to accept your situation. And we have to learn and exhort and build one another up to go out and apply this knowledge. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, uh, Father, that we can be in your house today. Father, you have uh, given us another day. Lord, you said, let us be glad and rejoice in it, Father. And would you give us... Um, Father, um, more opportunities, Lord, to try this. God, you know we, we're, we're sinful beings, Lord. We, we, we fail day in and day out, God. But, but give us that sense of, of, uh, of courage, Lord, to actually try this, Lord, and to try it and to try it and to try it, God. And we know that repetition brings results, Lord. So, so might we keep on trying, Lord, and, 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 and Lord, not willingly, but, but make mistakes so that we can learn, Father. We can adapt and change from that. Father, it is a privilege to be able to take that out of your word. Help us to apply that, Lord. Please uh, be with us the rest of the day, and, and might you be with the main service, Lord. Um, 